And you're very welcome to Wade In after a marathon Christmas racing period. Hope you all enjoyed it. Very happy new year to all our listeners. All our listeners. So my mother, Kevin's wife, Dee, uh, Tony's missus and uh, Vanessa's dad. Uh, you're all very well. Hope you enjoyed the racing period. Happy new year to all. And we're looking to get stuck into a monster review in less than an hour. Kevin Blake, do you think we're up to it? Should we give it a go, Hugh? You know, the count- countdown ticker is already ticking. Yeah, no, it is. Look, we've had, it was, TC, I, I presume um, your, your New Year start in terms of tipping short price horses, or short, longer price horses, I should say, is uh, off to a flying start. None of your horses won uh, racing only better than again. Came in close. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure of the four horses I put up, I'm pretty sure none of them beat another horse home, apart from the other <laughs> <laughs> so That's true. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they beat a horse home. Yeah. Maybe you need to review your, your strategy a little bit. A little I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it around, so yeah. Ken, Vanessa, you had a good Christmas, I take it? Nice and yeah. relaxing. Great time of it. I was at Wolverhampton's Fontwells in Newcastle, so it was nice to get my head back in the game of a bit of grade one action for this podcast and beyond. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. We have a couple as well outside of the great one to talk about. Uh, but Kev, look, it's, it's Willie Mullins' world, I guess. We're all just living in it at the moment. The Willie show continues full force. If anything, he looks like he's getting stronger with every year, not weaker. And uh, yeah, very impressive over the whole course of the last two weeks. Um, yeah, sure, look, he's just, you know, we know we know the firepower he has and he, he's been showing a slightly slow start to the season, which wasn't unusual for him, but now he's kicked up into gear in a big way. Uh, sure, where do you start? I suppose Tornado Flyer is probably the one in the King George, isn't it? Willie was going to have a one-two until a steering for launch decided to have a lie down. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a funny race. There's no question about it. Um, they went too hard. Um, Bryony and Rachel got it wrong in the front end and Danny got it very, very right and, and probably won a race that he shouldn't have been winning on Tornado Flyer. Maybe the fullness of time will show that Tornado Flyer is just going the right way and um, and will prove to be a proper grade one horse. And I know it wasn't a shock to our own TC who tipped him up, of course, at a massive price, but um, it seemed to be a result born of, of tactics on the day to a large extent. Um, and she, look, all you can do is give credit to, to Danny for getting it right and capitalising on others getting how, it wrong. How does Danny manage to get it so right, Tony, um, given he, he wouldn't have ridden at Kempton a huge amount in his career, yeah. and a lot of the jockeys who he was up against, um, native jockeys, would have known the track inside out pretty much. How did he get it so right and the others got it so wrong? Uh, I don't know. Is it just a, it's just a pace thing. Did he, is he a good judge of pace? I don't know much about the, the jockey at all. Obviously, he rode Giacomo from off the pace to win a handicap earlier on in the card, so... Obviously, that was a pointer to him as well. But that was a pointer that everybody else seemed to miss, though, didn't they? Well, it was I probably mean, just a lack of pressure, wasn't it? Like he was riding yeah, a horse yeah. at a massive price. You know, if he if he floated around there and finished third, you, you know, probably would have been considered a great result. So when you no pressure is a great thing. The the thing about that horse is, I mean, I mean obviously, if you if you go hindsight's a great thing, but if you go back and have a look at that horse, it's like I mean, everything about that horse suggested he was a, he was going to be a free miler and although people are decrying the fact that the tactics worked in his favour, which they did, um, I don't think you want to re underestimate him. I mean, uh, I think he's still, I think he, if there's anything, I think he, the logical step now to go towards the Gold Cup with him, isn't he? Where else yeah. to go with a King George winner? He's not going to step him back and trip for the Ryanair again. Um, yeah, so I, I think he's, he's around about an 18 shot on the exchange for the Gold Cup. And, you know, if you, if you, if you twisted my arm there, I think he'd probably be the best, best value out of the whole lot of the field because, you know, that was only his second start over three miles. He was very strong at the finish, no matter what no, what you say about, like you say, the tactics. And, you know, obviously an extra two furlongs or so is, is an unknown. But no, I, I think he's he's got definitely got untapped potential at staying distances, that's for sure. As does Galvin. We'll come back to Galvin in a minute. Um, Damien Roy says, and Rachel has held her hands up here already, Vanessa, a couple of times. Damien Wright, um, one of her questions in, says, I don't think enough was made of Rachel Blackmore's appalling ride in the King George. She sets a high standard now, but that was a shocker. Maybe she was concentrating so much as a spoiler, but cut her own throat in the first two furlongs. Why? Um, <laughs> it did seem like, you know, it wasn't just Rachel, but a lot of them got their, uh, their tactics wrong. Yeah, I'd be more in sort of Kevin Blake's camp than Tony's in terms of the race really just fell completely to Tornado Flyer um, due to the tactics rather than, I, for me, he's probably not a Gold Cup horse, but it's this great game of opinions. And as for the tactics and Tony, you know, Danny, 
Danny Mullins would be known as being an excellent judge of pace, whether it's from the front or from behind over in Ireland. He gets it right a lot of the time. You often see him on front running rides. We saw him in the mm-hmm. Railkill Hurdle as well. He'd been notorious for the clock. And, well, not notorious, but he'd be known for having a bloody good clock in his head. That clearly helped him. And then on top of that, I often think with these things, now don't get me wrong, I know Rachel was up in the front vanguard for the King George, but I often think like in Ireland, the English jockeys, the way they ride versus the Irish jockeys. In Ireland, it's kind of like the one cardinal sin that you don't go too soon um you know it's the one thing that everyone seems to in ireland be like drilled into their heads at an early age whereas i felt like in the uh king george a lot of the british based jockeys anyway got a fair rush to their head <laughs> and as a result as you've as kevin's touched upon and he's laughing now i'm not entirely sure why no it's just got, i just got one a vision of kevin sheehan's ride yeah. on st yeah. calabras again well, as yeah. you said that. <laughs> just the real rush to the a rush of blood to the head there i think everyone like three out turned in and a couple of people thought i'm still traveling on the bridle move move do something do something and yeah. sort of panicked and meanwhile, as, Danny, as i heard someone quip there recently vanessa the phrase for that is now getting harried away Getting harried away. But yeah, I think that for me played into it hugely. And just as an overall point, it was a touch disappointing in a sense. I don't mean to take anything away from Tornado Flower. I just mean from my own personal point of view, you know, we built up to that race. We knew there was going to be a strong pace. Yes, that was well discussed beforehand. Um, but when we were you know previewing the race, but I was just a touch disappointed that it was such a stellar lineup. And then a horse like Tornado Flower wins. Now, I may be proved to be completely wrong. He may go on and win the King, uh, the Gold Cup. Vanessa, just felt I'm totally with you. Tornado Flyer has no chance. I don't, don't <laughs> listen to Tony Cavan. Absolute rubbish coming out of his mouth. Tornado Flyer won't get within an arse's roll <laughs> of a Gold Cup. So if I knew I'd get paid, I'd have a rather large bet with you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? but, yeah, but, you, but you know you won't get paid, TC. TC, just on Willie Mullins, you know, I. Again, I love to hype up horses. And mm. Fernie Hollow, we've long suspected, has is a proper good horse. The only horse ever to beat Bob Ollinger, as we've said. But he did show over Christmas just how much potential he has. Seven to four for the Arkle. I'll be all over him at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, just just one final point on King George. I mean, that Gavin Sheehan ride, it could, it could well have cost him his, uh, his job with the Brooks by the looks of it. Um, he didn't ride simply the bets uh, at Cheltenham on Saturday. So I'd be yeah. interested to see how that one plays out, whether it's just a short-term smack on the wrist or whatever, but it was a bit of a shocker, uh, that horse for sure, especially after what he did in the race last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, Fernie Hollow, yeah, there was missing fences, wasn't there? But yeah, we, we were, I, I was in the Riviera Detail Camp uh, getting £13 uh, from Fernie Hollow there, but Fernie Hollow put up a, you know, a very good performance, beating a length and a half. You can't really argue um, with him going to the top of the, the arcle betting at the moment, can you? No, you can't. And in terms of like novice chase as well, Kev Galloping Deschamps obviously looks like a right machine as well. Like I mean, just he just seems to have an embarrassment of riches at the moment. Yeah, look, everyone's obviously got really excited about Galloping Deschamps, um, and you know, justified to be sold to a great extent. Like in terms of a chasing debut, it it was very very good, and you'd you'd love the technique he showed. Um, you know, people are getting very very excited. Um, so you know he's going to be a very sharp price wherever he goes one of the one of the points with him as well that I thought about as I was watching the replay watching him again for a second time is you know full well that they're not going to have done very much schooling with him at Willie's because they don't tend to school them that much Uh, we know that that's we've known that for years now and so I think uh, you know you often see Willie Welland in beginners chases and they make mistakes and they aren't that fast they aren't you know they aren't that well schooled like you might expect to pull Nichols horse to be but that's just the way he trains them I think for me the most impressive thing is he he looked like he he looked like he, he was a horse who'd been really well schooled and we know that he hadn't he was yeah. just so slick whether he was long or short he, it didn't make a difference to him and that is obviously for him a real natural thing he has in his toolkit rather than taught because we know he hasn't been taught that at Willie's yeah, in, ter- in terms of Willie like chasing debutants like it brought back memories a foot pad you know, yeah. who yeah. did something not dissimilar in his chasing debut. His technique was just so good yeah. and efficient, yeah. and just put in like an ultra impressive performance. Mm. And he did similar there. I think he's going to go to Dublin Racing Festival. Yeah, well, Blue, he's going Blue to, Lords. He's, talking about the two mile, Blue Lord didn't look that bad, did it? And, and just, just coming back to the three mile division, it's it's why Cheltenham 
bookmakers must love Cheltenham from Nanty Post perspective because you've got Brave Man's game when that come out. Well, that's you know that's a certainty for the three miler. Yeah. Then Hoy <laughs> Senor comes out and wins at Newbury. Everyone say, oh, that's a Gold Cup winner in waiting. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then Galloping Deschamps comes out and is oh the third fab we've got you know in as many starts. It's yeah. No, I'm going to clean love, up each other. I'm going to yeah. clean Book up each other. Yeah, but yeah, but you've probably already backed three different favourites <laughs> in the race. Here. <laughs> and you probably and you probably backed them all for the wrong races because yeah. there's four now. You need one of them to win to get your money back. <laughs> what about classical dream for the stairs? Kevin Blake's favourite division, the stairs, has actually turned in. Uh, I tell you, I, I tell love you, you know, the stairs. Come on, the <laughs> stairs, medalists. Why do you like the stairs? Because like- I told you before, I love it because it's so wide open and it's full yeah. of a load of nut jobs as well. I just love yeah. it. It's just like yeah. throw the balls in the air, see where it lands. Love it. Well, throw classical dream. Classical dream. Another one should be in a straight jacket. I mean, like absolute oh. headbanger. Bolts off at the start. For some reason, the starter allows him to go. Danny no. Mullins upstairs to say, "What the hell's going on here?" Before you know it, the race is over. It's great. Well, I well, it was. It's you know, it it. Everyone's viewed that start in different ways, but I tend to go with the way. I think Kevin, you were on ITV, weren't you, at the time? And the way I think it was Richard Hoyle's kind of talked it through a little bit later in the show, just about the fact that clearly the starter is looking for the button. Very clearly, I don't think Paul Townend that was not the tactics that he didn't look to jump the start. It's just that classical dreams and nutter did what he did in the supreme. On he goes, guys looking down the button, presses the button, he looks up and he's like, How did that happen? It was all the victim of circumstance, really. But the person who got shafted was Danny Mullins uh, out and out. I mean, would he have won? I don't know. I don't think he would have done. I think classical dream brings in this quite classy element to the stairs hurdle division now. And if they can keep a lid on him, the only worry is, is he's not what we're traditionally told as a stairs hurdler. You know, he's very different. He's quite on his metal. He's definitely a bit quirky. You see him training at home. He's like the yeah. lunatic, not the lunatic, but you know, you can tell. Lunatic. He's a bit <laughs> yeah. The lunatic. Um, and so do you remember those shots? I'm sure it was classical dream. Kevin was it not classical dream going down to the start with Ruby on yeah. the supreme and he was. was like just like being crazy do you remember that he like his head was down. on the, his head was on yeah. the floor yeah and he looks like he hasn't actually grown out of all of that bad behavior and all joking aside at the moment the stairs hurdle, hurdle division really is full of a load of nut jobs Including champ, including champ, and if champ, champ stays as well, yeah. Yeah. as well, I mean, it could be a cracking race. Kev, just admit it. Just admit it, Kev. Just admit it. Come on, Kevin. Um, he, he was he was good here in our classical dream in fairness uh, like regards to the start look if a false start had been called I don't think anyone would have complained but you can see why there wasn't it was it was quite borderline um, and Danny look Danny was obviously upset but maybe he might look back on the start and think maybe he could have been a bit more proactive himself like he didn't seem in any great um, you know he wasn't he wasn't lined up in front himself he was kind of around the outside you know maybe a length or two back further than where he might have been so um, as a as a turnout, the classical dream clearly got a jump on them, but I think he would probably would have won anyway. Um, when but that misses, that totally misses the point. But I, I tend to my gut feeling is that he would have won anyway. But you've got, you know, he, he's got a, a six length jump on on a horse that traditionally makes the running. It's yeah. whether or not he should he would have won or not. Oh, I know, yeah. But it was but the, the whole idea that I mean, if you are if you've had a bet in that race and you've had Florin Porter. You've got every right to be absolutely filthy uh, at that performance, and like I said, I, I think I think we all get lost. Oh, who would have won the race? I think we get it gets, gets lost in the whole picture. But you know, did people did punters have a fair run for their money on Floor Reporter? Clearly, and TC and TC, like the starter has literally one job to start the race in a fair and proper order, and. It's so much is made sometimes as the starters, you know, when they're all coming forward and they can be so pernickety about, oh, this guy's a little bit here. I mean, this was pretty blatant right in front of his eyes. And he just went, eh, off you go, lads, or whatever. Like, I just find that amazing. Well, I, I, I think that's a little bit harsh having, you know, Richard Hall did a really good job on, you know, focusing on, you know, on the starter there. But I just think and we had it on, we had it with... Um, Dashel Drashel as well. I mean, mm. but these oh, yeah. start these yeah. starts are getting absolutely farcical. I mean, you've got Dashel Drashel is, is holding on. He might have been idling in front, as Kev said on ITV, but he, you know he's held on by half a length. They've gifted that horse six to eight lengths at the start. I mean, you know, you know it's a Grade One winning chaser. You know he's going to go from the front, and all the jockeys just sit there. He literally gets six to eight lengths at the start. I've watched it a couple of times, and I'm just thinking. If you're the owner and trainer of all the other horses, you're thinking, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, and they're probably small but different, the two cases, because in Dashiell Drasher's case, 
you know, they let him line up with a head start yeah. as such. Whereas I suppose in the classical dream very race, they, they were they were yeah. in a decent line. It's just classical dream got a jump on them, you know, for for reasons that we, mm. we've explained that the starters, mm. you know, gaze was averted at precisely the wrong moment. But um, like in terms of bringing this forward to the stairs hurdle, like I thought it was a perfectly good run from Florin Porter. Um, I think they would have liked to have ridden him differently, but he ran very well. You know, they yeah. pulled the mile clear the rest, and it's not he was a bit behind. He was a bit more professional, all joking aside. That the yeah, he wasn't going as left as yeah. he often can. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. classical, like, like I think I timed it. I think they were like they were like three seconds faster on their first circuit than the than the pretemps qualifier. You know, then then they were basically the same time thereafter for this mm. for the second circuit. So like they didn't hang about like, and they kept it up. You know, so to, to me these these two are the main two I have in my mind. Uh, champ. I, I, I'm not as fully bought in as, as others on him um, just yet. But but yeah, I thought this was very good from Classical Dream. Bear in mind, he was giving up race fitness to, to Florin Porter as well, which probably wasn't emphasized enough. And before we leave, um, Willie, Vanessa, I said this on Racing Only Better on Friday, the fact that Sharjah now joins Hurricane Fly and Istabrak in a four-time Irish champ makes me want to get sick into my mouth. Not that I, I can appreciate it. <laughs> wow. like obviously, great ones. Wow. It's, 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 a great, it's a great achievement for an average enough hurdle horse, but my problem is that he's now going to be mentioned in the same breath as two absolute hurdling legends. Yeah, he won't really. He, he won't. He won't. Nah. Well, you in know, terms of he, the four he, times, he's matched their achievement, but, but in terms but, but, of, he's, yeah, not, he's yeah. not going to be in the Hall of Fame. No, as know, a, no, no. But you, you get what I mean as regards that race. But I guess it it just probably speaks to the weakness of the hurdling division uh, as a whole, does it? Yeah. That's, that's I'm not paying devil's advocate here, but if I was gonna if I was gonna mention that horse, I would say dual champion hurdle runner up Charger. I wouldn't yeah. say four-time Mefferton winner. I wouldn't. Uh, how disrespectful yeah. to the Madison. Oh, well, I, I think... Sorry, Joe. Sorry, it's all Joe. about the Madison TC. <laughs> it, uh, look, it was... I was delighted for him. It's like, it's his big race of the year, isn't it? Let's be honest. And yeah, yeah. they'll go down the champion hurdle route and he won't win it once again. And that's... I'm, I'm with you, Hugh, in the sense of like, he doesn't fit the bill of those legends, but I think we can all agree on that. And as for the race itself, it was a strange old race to watch. It, like even from the outset with Sam Roy taking such a strong hold and sort of slightly bolting with Rachel a little bit and running very freely, that really changed the complexion of the race. Patrick, we know he thinks about these races a huge amount beforehand and plan A, B and probably C, I think, went out the window somewhat. Um, but he won despite all of that. And I suppose that was... Uh, you know, we should praise him for that effort. But we know where he is at. As in terms of when it comes to the champion hurdle at Cheltenham, we know where he's at. We know that he's he's not improving at this stage. And he does what he does at Leperstown at Christmas. It's pretty simple. I can applaud a good achievement like that, but he's not on my short list for a champion hurdle. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, it wasn't a bad festival for Gordon Elliott, Kevin, as well. I mean, obviously, Galvin. It was very impressive. I think he's six to one for the Gold Cup. Now, if you asked me to take Tornado Flyer or Galvin going into the Gold Cup, I'd have one answer for you, and it'd be Galvin every day of the week. Yeah, but What's he's a third of the price, you idiot. I don't. The price, <laughs> price, price, only price, you know price is irrelevant. Price is irrelevant. Do you not know me at all? Who's more likely to win the race? What, what price there after that is just material to me. Galvin's more likely to win. Look at Tony's face. He's absolutely disgusted. If I was beside him, he'd thump me, Vanessa. He would, he would. You're absolutely, you're really throwing petrol on him right now. Winner's a winner. <laughs> Calvin spins across the room and spear tackles yeah. Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> Head high tackle, red card. Galvin, Galvin, six to one for the gold cup. Kevin. I thought he, I thought he was very good. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be delighted with the performance. Like, like it's funny because I say talking to Gordon at the start of the season, he was kind of insinuating that he'd be kind of tricking along with Galvin and get them to the Grand National, yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, he, he's clearly uplifted, you know, from those expectations. You know what he did up the north was good, but you didn't quite know how good at the time. And now he's come out and done better again. And like to me, he probably should have won with a bit more to spare here. Like I had him as as value for a length. Because um, Davy just got caught in the pocket there, turning in um, behind Kemboy and a Plutarch. Not typical Rachel, like she's she's getting so deadly at this, you know, in terms of uh, race riding, and just just pocketed Russell at precisely the wrong time for Davy. And uh, Galvin had to be brave and very good to to kind of come out, come from that position to, to get back up and win. And she looked, the form stacks up like a Plutarch. 
Ken Boy, Mellon, like it's, 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 you, you forget about Galvin and it's actually a very close repeat to the race the previous year. Yeah. Um, so I think the form is very solid and Galvin for me would have won with, with, with a bit more despair Oof. and slightly different circumstances. I, we know, we know he stays all day. We know he likes Cheltenham. He's a proper contender. But as doesn't prop- agree. Well, he is a proper contender, but I like my, it's, it, you know, my thoughts would be the opposite to Kevin's here in terms of whether he was, val- you know, he's value for a bit more than the length. I thought, you know, the more I watched it back, the more unfortunate I thought a Plutard was at various points in the race. For much of the race, not not the last sort of, <clears throat> last sort of couple of furlongs, but for much of the race, I thought it was very similar to his run in the Gold Cup in terms of he was much lesser place compared to the eventual winner. He was in a less ideal place than the eventual winner throughout most of the race. And through circumstance, Rachel ended up getting sort of taken out a little bit wider than ideal. She was back a few a few too many horses than what was ideal. Whereas Galvin kind of had an ideal run around due to a savage ride from Davy and Furness. But the whole way through, I was thinking when I watched the replay, it's very similar to his Gold Cup, e.g. Manella Indo, the eventual winner, being much better positioned throughout. And then Aplutard having to come from off the pace and, you know, as a result, a victim of circumstance in places. And then he had to make, Rachel had to make that move where yes he got Davy she got Davy in that pocket but she had to extend energy that if she'd been better placed she wouldn't have had to have had used at that point in the race and the more I thought about it the more I still favor Plutard for the gold cup at this stage yeah okay and and yeah and, and look I think the stable form of, of Henry de Bronham has been raised a few times we have a question on it and as well from Greg Kelly, who says, is the Henry de head stable form as bad as being suggested? Journey for me was only decent looking winner. I see all Christmas and uh, be worried about the short price and Bob Bollinger if it continues. He's the 6% strike rate in the last two weeks. So he has four wins from 72 uh, runs. And one of those wins was Anvoilen, who we all know was absolutely brutal. What about TC? <laughs> Is there, any, is there anything in the Henry de Bromhead stable well, form? I don't know if you've not heard this rumour. Here we go. Here we go. We got we got these questions in yesterday. So right, not many people speak to me, but I rang somebody who does, and I said, "What's all this?" Because Jesse Harrington hasn't had a winner since October, and look at her horses form. Her horses are running abysmally. I mean, the the odd one is going well. I mean, I think she had a four that was going well throughout when that when that came to grief. But Mm. so I asked him, "So what's going on here?" And apparently, there's a bit of a rumor going round that. ringworm is doing the rounds in ireland and now whether or not this is true or not i don't know but i and i spoke to somebody else this morning and they said they just bought a horse and that came back with a touch of ringworm from ireland as well but apparently there was a a batch of yearlings or something uh, in various uh, that's uh, that came into came into play here with the ringworm and it's I, I don't know about ringworm but apparently it spreads like wildfire doesn't it yeah, the, the, the weather is not very helpful with it, like because it's been so, so like but unnaturally. Like, it may well be, it may well be total and utter horseshit. But uh, apparently, Ringworm's been put forward for a reason why that some of the stables have been underperforming. And well, obviously. also the weather the thing that Kevin touches upon, whether it's Ringworm or just another virus or a bug in the yard, just this mild weather is a nightmare because obviously no cold, no frost comes and kills off the bugs. Yeah. So just in this like, I, I, I was remember being at Nicky Henderson's yard a few years back, and, and he had one horse Ringworm, and. Uh, all, the, all the press were going around and patting the horses and stuff like that. And he, and he just shouted across, don't go near that horse, don't go near that horse, it's got ringworm. And so, and like, and obviously going around, so like, what actually is ringworm? It's, 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 a fung- it's a fungal thing, it's very contagious. So like if you use if you use the same tack on a horse that had ringworm and put it on a horse that didn't have ringworm, you'd be dancing with the devil, like, like it could easily spread. You know, so why, when you find a horse that has it, um, like, like you know, a lot of yards would have the individual sets yeah. attack anyway, but you'd be very, very careful about yeah. any sort of cross contamination at all because it isn't a huge deal in itself. It can run them down a little bit. You treat it and it dies, and mm. uh, and that's it. But it just can run them down a little bit, um, immune it's system wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rich, it's Rich. Like, see, that that was just that was just a gossip. It could be, but apparently it's it's been quite a few yards. So, but I tell you, Chelsea is, is an interesting example because something that wouldn't get talked about there, and I, I don't know if I'm familiar with it from from Joseph's over the years is that like it's a huge management challenge for a yard like Jesse's, who is predominantly a flat yard now, 
and mm. they would have like I don't know how many two-year-olds they'd have like probably I don't know what they have a hundred maybe not but they'd have an awful lot of two-year-old yearlings rolling into that yard mm-hmm. in whenever October November and that's like bringing snotty teenagers in around the place yeah. you know they're, they're 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 sick they're snotty they're bringing things like ringworm in and you're bringing all those in they're coughing and splurting and you you need to be really really honest in a management so in theory in theory it could stack up yeah, you you, re, you really need to be honest from from a management point of view to to for your jumpers who are in full training, you know, to 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 keep everything separate. You know, that's like a real challenge for for any yard, and it's why you don't get many yards can re, be like highly successful in both codes because it's just from a management point of view, it's just really really difficult. I was going to make a joke there about Prince Andrew and snotty teenagers, but I won't. Speaking wow. of cold yards, Rich says, Rich says, any thoughts on how the Tizard yard because it's so cold? Had a great start to the season, but barely a place towards for the last month. Uh, the Tizards, um, Tizards do you know what I Yeah. Well, they're just notorious for this now, really, aren't they? As in, they for many a seasons, they've had real highs and then massive lows or a short low mm. and a long-term high. Their yard does tend to be one that seems to go in and out of streaky. form in such a way. Yeah, very yeah. streaky. It's... And everyone was talking about it, obviously, at the start of the season. I mean, I've been down there a couple of times. I have no idea what the answer is, but it's no doubt that they aren't in good form at the moment. It's... They train them very hard down there. That's one thing I would say is they yeah. get, you know, there is no stone left unturned. Their regiment down there is very, very tough by anyone's standards. Yeah. And so I don't know whether that has an effect on anything, but they don't change. I don't know. Tony, what were you going to say? I, 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 I have been down there and that finishing, that finishing gallop is, yeah. is pretty brutal. But one thing I would say at this time of year, I don't know if it, I don't know if it happens in Ireland as well, but it's, this is the time of year when, you know, the likes of Nichols go very quiet because they have their flu jabs in December into into January as well. So the, if you start giving horses flu jabs, you're backing off them a bit as well. But uh, yeah. like I say, the horses that are running, if uh, we're running ba- pretty badly. He did have a winner in a free runner race at Plumpton yesterday, uh, Elixir de Nuts. So that just that just hung on. Just, so, just about. Yeah, that was that was that was one shining light in his uh, in his December and January. What about your 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 old pal Nicky Henderson and Shishkin uh, TC? Uh, very impressive at the Desert Orchid, or was he? I, I don't know. The timing seems to suggest perhaps that. It wasn't as good as as the eye first thought. Uh, I, I think everything about the performance suggests it was it was top notch, doesn't it? I, I look, I, I I'd be massively odds against him lining up against Nergamine in the Clarence House on the twenty second of January. Um, I don't, well, I don't, I can't see them both lining up there. They they, they want to just like reserve that for Cheltenham, won't they? But yeah, I mean, yeah. From, from that performance, um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think you could really. Uh, you can really knock that, can you? Everyone's making comparisons about the Altior because when the overdrive kicks in from from two out, yeah, it was it was it was it was it was very impressive. I couldn't see any negatives in it at all, and uh, I don't know how how straight he was, but I, I'm, I'm reliably informed he was, you know, he was he was he wouldn't they weren't going to go there half cocked with him. So yeah, yeah. I, I think he's I think that was everything you could ask for and some. Were you, were you impressed, Kev? Yeah, sure. You had to be really, you know. He was in against a, a, a race fifth Tingle Creek winner. Um, like his jumping was 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 I suppose very good. A little bit left in place. It's not the first time we've seen that from him. Um, but put the race to bed very very well. Um, and sure, look, it was, it was great to see him back after a few miss misfires. And hopefully we get to see him in the Clarence House again because that could shape up because because Willie's playing the same trick again. He, he's declared an ergamine for it, good and early. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but look now that now that Chishkin's off and running and has a has a has a run under him, I don't think we'll. Uh, I I'd be very hopeful that Nicky would would throw him in against an ergamine and that that'll be a fair old treat. Now if that happens, Can't so hopefully that. we get there. It would be amazing. You were banging on about <laughs> you're, you're going to be the the the, the skeptical one, Evan. No, well, it I'll just be, won't. Like, who are we kidding? Like, who are we kidding with these two <laughs> yeah. mile chases? That, that, we just need to be honest now. Like, it's yeah, always I agree. a division we get overexcited about, and then it never never comes to fruition as we hoped. They're just yeah. you know the two mile chasing division for last twelve months has been like going on multiple disappointing dates where you're like excited and then you get there and it's like bang doesn't happen. That's the national hundred race in full stop, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, he was having a, I thought she was having a pop at you there, you. 
<laughs> multiple disappointing dates no 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 wasn't no, having no, a go at you no. not yet not yet and we've, we've had we've had a we've had a question in which i just showed you now just while we're on it brad maxley says if he could own the, or train the winner of the champion hurdle of the champion chase which would you choose just very quickly just be, yeah, i personally because chase. i've always i'd always oh. but i've always always loved the champion hurdle so it'd be champion hurdle for me i've always oh, it's my favorite race of the week uh probably for you vanessa Champion hurdle for me. And then the okay. other part of his question was, I think, any other festival race away from yeah. the uh, yeah. big ones. And Mayor, I know you're all, you're all going to laugh at me, but I'd love to win the bloody cross country. Oh, so really? Yeah. Have it. All right. Yeah. There you go. Have it. <laughs> Tony Gallivan's face in his yeah. tight inside. Tony, you never liked me anyway, okay? So this is just helping my cause. Bloody harsh. I'm joking. I'm joking. Tony, love to win the champion bumper. And which between the hurdle and the champion chase, TC? Um, champion chase. Champion yeah. Race. Okay. That's a nice split. Uh, and and, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to win the cross country too. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, 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 go the mayor's novice her. I'll take the trophy, hide it, and never give it back so they couldn't go through Kev, you were bang on before we leave the racing for the for the week. Uh, you were bang on about Jinzo and the, the Lawlers. Uh, very impressive. As Jack Kennedy said afterwards, nice big chase in the making. But uh, yeah, he's an interesting one to keep an eye on, isn't he? Oh yeah, like and I don't think he'll get loads of credit because he's not he's not flashy, I don't think. Like for me, he was dusting the whole way down the straight. Um, had to make his own run and jumped a bit out to his right, which he hadn't done on, on his hurling debut um, or, or the time before um, against Eric Bloodaxe. Like, I don't think making the running was, was perfectly ideal for him, um, but he was very good. For me, he was in charge all the way down the straight. He was taking the mick, and anytime something looked like they might come and challenge him, he picked up again. He's probably dour enough. I'd say he certainly would stay further. They'll have options yeah. with him at Cheltenham. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like him now. I think, I think and, he's, and he's a nice, nice, nimble hurdler as well for what he is. So yeah, I'd be keen enough on him. Kevin, another classic case of um, fans' connections of the horse and his background. We all know he's a chaser, out and out chaser. Yet we have to go through this sort of slightly painful and pointless uh, year of him yeah. being a novice hurdler yeah. before we get to see him yeah. Well, I, I tell yeah. you, just just to mention another one on that team. Um, I, I was very impressed with Mighty Potter. Um, oh yeah, he, yeah. He's a he's a yeah he's a horse I like a lot now, and I thought I, I didn't think the race really really went for him. Um, different things went wrong, mm. and I, I would have excused him for being beaten, but he he managed to pull it out of the fire and win well. Um, I, I think he's a he's a particularly nice horse now. I'd be, and he looks huge. I him. thought. In yeah, the he's kick. a big chase yeah. in the making, definitely. Yeah. Gorgeous yeah. individual. Can't yeah, wait till I'll... he gets into open chase company in about three or four years' time. Hopefully, we'll all still be alive for that. Hey, Kev. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully the... he's still alive. <laughs> and the, the album photo prep run as it is now. Harry George has a question. Uh, what's the panel make of the Tremor races? Why was Burrow Saints so obviously restrained when he was never going to outspeed album the finish? Was it schooling in public? Great pod. Thanks, guys. Thanks for that, Harry. Um, yeah, it is, Kevin, isn't it? Like it's it's it, you know, it's just turned into that. Um, it's it's unfortunate for the people in Tremor as well to come out and see a horse that has a right good chance and a two-time winner of a of a Cheltenham Gold Cup as well. It's it's not the worst, but it's it's certainly turned into that over the last few years. Um, it has look, but look when you when you when you send a horse of that caliber down to a grade three Tremor, you know, you will scare away an awful lot of horses, and clearly, you know, he scared away everything bar stable mates. Yeah. Um, so as a spectacle, it's not fantastic, but I'm sure Tremor would rather have him than not have him. Um, you know, it's their big day and it's their big horse. And um, yeah, should look at what's what it was. He, he's off and running now. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see him before the Gold Cup. But I'd say it's looking fairly unlikely listening to the chit chat. Yeah. OK, well, let's get stuck into the rest of the questions from the listeners who uh, kindly took the time to answer TC's tweet yesterday. So David Brown says, what did Kevin think of the punishment of Tommy? Is it Dawson or Dawson? Dawson. Dawson at the um, final hurdle. Uh, does he feel 13 days was the correct punishment or have they overreacted due to the Tilicki case? Are these bans going to be standard punishment now, do we feel? Um, look, we, we spoke about this on racing debate yesterday and Brandon Shea was on from the BHJ was on after um, I spoke and he said, look, there's been no instructions given to stewards, you know, okay. the, whatever the perception might be. There's nothing different supposed to be happening now than there was before the Taliki case. Um, look, it does stand out as a particularly harsh punishment and the harshest punishment we've seen for a very, very long time, I think. Um, and look, to me, it was warranted. Um, it, it fit the criteria. 
Um, you, you could certainly make a case that it was dangerous riding. Um, we haven't seen dangerous riding called pretty much at all, um, you know, once since 2004. So it would have been probably unrealistic to expect that. But, but 13 days was a good hardy ban. Um, and I, I goes without saying I agree with it. I think it was it was a fair punishment. Do you think um, Braun should did the ride on Braun with Paul Tanner yesterday? I know we put it up in the WhatsApp group, but Jericho Donald says interested to hear your views on uh, the Braun race today and the Elijah Taliki case. Do you think something should action should have been taken there? Yeah, I, that was incredible to me. That was that was incredible. And you, you can go onto the racing TV Twitter there, and they have it clipped up, and you can see the head on and how stewards could look at that. And say that there's no there was no writing offence of any description in it is just genuinely remarkable to me. I thought that was just, uh, I just I I had my finger on the button to tweet about it last night, and I just said, you know what, I I'm just sick of this. I just can't I can't stomach talking about this anymore because I just thought it was so ridiculous. But if you look at that that Dalson ride, when I didn't think it was, I thought that was the 13 day was was quite harsh because perhaps because we've been immune to it the the fact that mm. this goes on in every single race. So it kind of like washes over us. I thought 30 days. To me, looking at that race in Ireland yesterday, that was twice as bad as what, <laughs> what Dowson did. Because Dowson, if you give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, even though the horse was right, you know, seemed to be right up near him. That was, you could say, you know, that wasn't deliberate. But this was, yesterday, it was a deliberate and sustained attack on, on the third place horse, wasn't it? To just yeah. not, not let him again. Go. Again, just watch the head on because the, 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 I think the reason they left it go and, and Paul Town and his evidence basically said that the, the eventual third has come. There, there's no rail there. And he said he's come off the track to try and sneak up the inner. But he clearly hasn't. You know, if you have a, a functioning pair of eyes, one eye would probably be enough for you. Look, you can, you can see the line of where the spurs are. The horse yeah. in third is kept perfectly straight until Paul Townend has barged them off the track. You know, it's just like the rule is, and I just I saw people commenting on it. It's just so depressing. Oh, well done, Paul. You know, you you know, he'd no, right, riding, to go, it? He'd no right to go up there. He, like the horse in third has stayed perfectly straight. He was sitting in this in where he was and Paul Townend's horses jumped off to the right opened up this huge gap your man in third uh, Jack Doyle has clearly has plenty of horse under him it perfectly entitled to go forward into the space in front of him uh, and Paul Townend has shut the door and then continued to slam the door on his fingertips to make sure he can get back through um, and the stewards have said no, no riding offence has taken place. It just, I just find it thoroughly depressing. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of talking about it. I've been talking about this for ten years. And it just would wear you down to, to, to talk about it so much, and for so many other people in the industry to talk about it. And then an incident like this happens, uh, and it's, it like they said, there's no riding offence. There's, there's one way you should out. You should take up that Irish CEO job. No thanks. Come on, I value, <laughs> value my sanity. Yeah. Um, but I, I just yeah. found that just gobsmacking gobsmacking yeah, yeah. okay um, John Hawkins says um, can I, the Dublin Racing Festival do anything to attract further British trainers Nicky Henderson saying he has two options for Shishkin but neither ideal the Clarence is too close to Kempton the Game Spirit is too close to Cheltenham mm. uh, Dublin Racing Festival and that's the between um, I don't think they can do any more to be honest with you John I mean like prize money is what it is it's better than I guess the equivalent, and uh, you know, there's, there's huge money to be won if if the trainers don't want to come. Paul Nichols generally tries to come here um, whenever he can, or if he has a horse fit for it. But there's nothing can be done, really, is there, to, to persuade? Like, no, I mean, like we know with in, in Shishkin's case, for example, the one he highlights specifically there, it's not about the prize money. They could be running for 50p. Those owners, those connections, that trainer, that jockey. It's not. It's nothing to do with prize money. You could put on all the prize money you want, really. Uh, to a, sort of an extreme degree and you wouldn't entice them over to go into a fight with a horse, you know, with some of Willie Mullins's and Henry de Bromhead's and mm. Gordon Elliott's horses in their backyard, so to speak. So I, it's definitely not about prize money in that instance. Don't get me wrong, prize money is the root of a lot of problems, but not in that particular instance, I don't think. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Amigo Menor says, discuss the Dan Skelton PHR charge, please. Oh my God, we need, we need a whole show. This is David Walsh was writing about this in the Sunday Times yesterday and yeah. he... Uh, broke the story TC um, mm. a few weeks back and it caught an awful lot of people by surprise. I think the fact now that Dan Skelton has been charged and also yeah. the syndicate involved have, have, have also specifically asked the BHA to look into a separate transaction yeah. involving the purchase of yeah. another horse as well. This, it must be quite worrying for this, Dan Skelton. This is just bizarre on every level. Um, yeah. we, if you remember, it basically got the, the original story, Sunday Times story, was a double page splash. 
Yeah. And that got pretty much ignored by everybody uh, for at least a couple of days when Lee Mottles had wrote a, a Belt and Braces piece on this. And since then, we've heard nothing. And, all, and then it came out of the blue uh, in the Sunday Times yesterday that he, he was charged. Now, apparently, that was total news to Dan Skelton, because Dan Skelton, the first time Dan Skelton knew about that yesterday is when he, wrote, when he, when he was asked to read the Sunday Times. So presumably David Ward didn't get in touch with him or failed to get in touch with him or whatever. Um, and now we're told that, uh, so Dan Skelton doesn't seem like he's been formally charged, he, but the, if he has been charged, he hasn't been told about it by the BHA. So and they haven't is, communicated the charge to the person involved. As far, I, I asked somebody who's close to that stable this morning, and they said yeah. the first he knew about it, about being charged, and I don't think he has been formally charged because he doesn't know anything about it, um, is is when he wrote read the paper yesterday. Um, yeah, I heard and that too. And obviously, the subsequent uh, the racing debate picked up on it. No, I, I I love that revamp program. By the way, I'm not blowing smoke up their their asses because Kevin and Vanessa are on here. But yeah, they picked up on it as well, and David Walsh was on there as well. And this is just absolutely bizarre. I mean, it was done and dusted by the BHA in their initial investigation, which took the best part of three years. And this was this is going back to September 2016. So we have a situation whereby if there are questions to answer now and Dan is going to be charged, then it's going to be, it's getting, it's getting on for, be in for five years before we, we get some finality about it. Five years. It doesn't look um, good for Dan Skelton, though, uh, does it? Well, well no, it we, we said, good we for said the BHA, I think, no, because just... Uh, yeah, I would, I, would, something like this, I would agree. I mean, it, it, it makes the BHA have had the worst year possible in 2021. And this coming out now, if they are seriously, if they close the case and reopen it because the owners have pressed for it, the BHA, I have more ire towards the BHA here than I do Dan Scott. Obviously, I don't know the details, and it does look particularly bad for, for Dan. We, we said that at the time, and that hasn't yeah. gone away. But how is if this is going to, it could well be from start to finish, this could take over five years for a relatively, we would have thought, a straightforward case. It, it's, it's bizarre. I tell you it's what, just, a it's lot just of the people... timeline would, would just frustrate you and would worry you as well because the, these owners have seemingly gone to the BHA, they've presented the evidence, the BHA have investigated. And as I think David Walsh put it, you know, the BHA have essentially tried to fob them off and say, look, no, no case to answer here. And it's it, seemingly, and, uh, and open, please someone correct me if I'm wrong, seemingly the only thing that's brought this back into the spotlight is the fact that the owners went to the press yeah, and brought it to public attention and the BHA have now looked at it again and said, oh, maybe there is a case to answer right. here. Like, just, Without the owners being ruthless and like a dog with a bone with this, this would have been and yet another story. Spending a load of money probably on Spending on a load of money, yeah. To, to this would have been it. another story just sort of brushed under the old racing carpet. A lot of people are talking about, you know, in the aftermath of the Freddie Talicki case, uh, you know, and the big question has been asked about, will this open a can of worms in that department and re, you know, race riding insurance, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing I definitely thought when reading David Walsh's recent article on this, I thought this will open this. This has the potential to open a few cans of worms because I think, uh, you know, this will make trainers definitely sit up and take note a little bit about some of the practices that are carried out on what I perceive to be quite a regular basis. Mm. And the fact that this has got as far as it got, it has got, you know, credit to those owners for driving on and wanting some transparency in a sport that they've invested in. And I definitely think, I don't know what you think, Kev, but knowing a few trainers, I don't know. I thought this is definitely a case where a few trainers will be thinking, well, you know, this is a bit of a light bulb moment, I think. Yeah, they might be thinking about what is the is the is the drive there within the regulators to, to really go after it. You know, they clearly not. Made, but... the, the the mention was made in the article that there's the it's the trainer's code of conduct has been in place for like 20 years or something like that. And it's never once been no one's ever been found guilty of transgressing it, you know. Dangerous writing is more frequent. What, yeah, what seems yeah. to be what seems to be the main the main stumbling block here for, for Dan Skelton is that the fee that was paid that was kind of marketed as training fees, the exact amount of £30,000. That is where the owners, in this case, the seem lines, to have the bull by the horns. And yeah, the lines it. are blurred here because you yeah. know, there's, yeah. there's inferences. He was training horses yeah. for free, and then he was going to get it back once the sale yeah. of the horses yeah. uh, has come to fruition. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that before we move on from this, I, I think the owners are very keen to get something from the regulator because if they go down the civil case court, 
it's it's always good to have a verdict from the regulator to, to yeah. build on yeah. there. So it's yeah. it's incredibly messy. But the, I think the, and obviously Dan is Dan is you know the case is still to be proven against him. But the, the BHA the look for the BHA is one of. Well, yeah, he just like one one wonders like if, if Dan if now we're talking hypotheticals like the charges haven't even seemingly been officially laid but if he was to fall foul of this you know one wonders what extent of a punishment might be expected like a, a suspension yeah. of a license is on the table as far as I'm aware yeah um, but yeah, like that's, said, that's, that's pretty serious the BHA are in an awkward position because they've they've obviously looked at it and said no case to answer and then look at it again. Is, is there has there been any more? Is there new been evidence. any more new evidence? Mm. Yeah, doesn't yeah, appear to might, be. They might. They might point. If, they, to that, if there yeah. was, they haven't given David uh, David Walsh yet. Okay, right. We'll move on. We've had um, three or four on a similar theme all around the atmosphere at racecourse. So to say, suppose when he says, "What can we do to keep coked up knobheads off the racecourse?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing. Paul's the answer. I mean, the chat that they've had police with sniffer dogs outside, but these legs still managed to get that episode of the beer being chucked to the horse was shocking. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, Barry Benjamin says the commentator on the racing team panel. TV channel described the atmosphere at Cheltenham as being akin to Old Trafford. Similarly, at Utogsler on the previous day, is this a permanent feature of large trails <laughs> race courses or just a New Year's exhilaration? And somebody else wondering, was the noise at Utogsler real the other day? Well, Vanessa, you can answer that. You were there. I wasn't. You? No, you weren't. You weren't? <laughs> no. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you were. So I thought you were. I thought you were. No, no, not, not officially. I don't know. Bonkwell, <laughs> Newcastle. Sorry, 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 oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought Wolverhampton. you were. But on this note, actually, this is quite interesting because I don't know whether this is sort of seems to have been heightened in recent times or what's going on. But obviously, we've had a few tweets and listeners' questions about this over just the weeks that I've been on yeah. this show, and that's only at the back end of last year. And then I went to Wolverhampton the other day and they'd have to, they I, as the reporter, and they'd had to bring in extra security for our little reporting area because um, really, unfortunately, there'd been quite a, unpleasant incident with one of our other reporters the week before on a I think it was an evening meeting where basically once again a, a, a drink was thrown in the direction of the cameraman and the reporter oh, really um wow. yeah Jesus. not nice and um it was like but it was to be fair to all the Hampton it was taken very seriously by the race course very seriously indeed and then I was the next reporter on track at Wolverhampton just a couple of days later for another evening meeting and like I say they'd roped in extra security and extra sort of like fenced off area so credit to them for taking serious action but it needed to take place because the incident did not sound pleasant at all but I won't I don't want to name names but um in but what I did note is that Wolverhampton said to me I will we are just it's a no tolerance policy if we see bad behavior they're gone just gone like no questions asked doesn't matter how drunk whether you're with a family whether you've got a box it's just you asked to leave the race course <clears throat> and the security were there to follow yeah. through with that action. So when I was reading some of these unruly crowds questions that Tony put together um, from Twitter, I was thinking, you know, the, the answer is more security, more people around to monitor these things. But of course, then that comes down to resource, more crowds, you need more security. I'd imagine a lot of these race courses have the same amount of security numbers, security guard type numbers for a race day where you've got much smaller numbers of race goers than on those high days and holiday race days. So I think that would be a good starting point, but I don't know where the money to pay for those people comes from. Plus, you can't keep drugs out of any, you can't keep drugs from anywhere. If people want to get drugs no. in, they get them in. So like, you just, you just can't. So, I mean, it's just monitoring behavior, as Vanessa said, and that's the thing you've got to keep an eye on is how people are behaving as opposed to necessarily what they're getting up to in the in the cubicles. Um, but um, yeah, Paddy, just to counter that before we leave, it says, um, we'll just say, having been at Cheltenham in the, in the best main enclosure on Saturday, I thought it was a really nice atmosphere. Families seem to be respected and given space. So no instance of violence. I thought it was a good day for all. So thanks for that. It's Paddy. just how you how well you're on your race course. Like that, that's the long and the short of it. Like if you if you want to bring in the, this heavy drinking um, type of crowd, you know that's your decision. But you have to you know appropriately staff the venue with security if you're going to do that, or else you, yeah. you will have mayhem breaking out. Um, yeah. Like so I. Uh, you know, really, it comes yep. down to individual race courses doing their job properly. If to my Chris, mind. Um, Chris Poole is one for you, Kev, because I'm, I'm directing you because you because you mentioned this just before we um, clicked record here. He says, um, "Happy New Year from Azerbaijan." How on earth did the Limerick Stewart Smith Cratlow Hill, um, twelve fifty eight Limerick on Stevens Boxing Day? Uh, yeah, look, that. look, really, really eye catching. You know, uh, <laughs> race course debut, extremely eye catching. Um, look, very inexperienced jockey. 
you know, is a heavy piece of mitigation. But as we've talked about, you know, endless times in this podcast, how they didn't have them in to ask the questions and, you know, conduct an inquiry into a run that eye catching um, again, was just quite incredible to me. You know, that's you're, you're not doing your job as a steward unless you're, you're, you're having them in and asking the questions. I'm not saying you have to take action. Um, if, if, if you don't think you need to, but you, you, for something like that, that anyone that watched the race, you know, your eye is immediately drawn to it. It's so eye catching and it's yeah. not like it, it's happening 25 lengths behind the leader. It's right there in front of you. You have to conduct an inquiry. I'm yeah. sorry if you don't, you know, that you, you, to me, you're, you're just not doing your job. And looks, sometimes there's a tendency in Ireland that the stewards will ask questions, um, inverted commas, off the record. Um, and be satisfied by the answers they're given, but there'd be no mention of it in the inquiry. And I don't think that's satisfactory either. No. Okay. You know, it, this is about perception. You know, how many people, you only had to see, you know, social media just after the race, like the amount of people that just erupted, you know, oh, classic Irish race and here we go, you know, what's going to happen here? You know, bet they do nothing. And sure enough, you pick up the stewards report, you know, four hours later and there's there's not a single mention of it. It's just not a good look. It's a, it's a horrendous look, I dare say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good stuff. And thanks for the question there. Any update on Gin Online? Dave Carr wants to know. Seems to have vanished after that miraculous recovery a while back. Anyone know Gin Online? Um, just going back and have a look at the quotes after that that, that win in November. Said uh, she had a busy summer, had four runs in the summer, and the, the plan was always to give her a break. And I imagine, imagine the stable forms maybe uh, exacerbated that as well. So yeah, yeah. it was always a plan for a, for a break after November. Okay, cool. Lee wants to know when will the full discussion take place on Kevin Blake's rescheduling of the National Hunter Fiction League's clean piece of paper as you don't have time to discuss a normal podcast. I'd say this is something we might do at the end of the season if um, if we can, Lee, because it'll be footsteps to the festival, really, and kind of all roads to, to March um, and the and Aintree, I guess, after that and Punchestown. So maybe when the season has, has just finished up, we might sit down and kind of look at um, potential changes that we could implement on Kevin's ideas. Um, Darren Butler says, should there be some type of champion horse of the year, like a point system for wins, places in certain races that might encourage owners or trainers to run more times? Well, I know, obviously, the Cartier Awards in uh, the UK, we have the HRI Awards here, which are all a, a voting system based on people involved. So there isn't a point uh, system. I'll, I'll raise you one, Hugh. The, the, the Order of Mirth. Does any, anybody remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do, that, yeah, That's exactly what this guy is talking about. That This happened, yeah. it was, I don't know, to the finish up maybe 10 years ago or that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you are you earned points uh, and like there was a, there was cash at the end of it. I think if you if you yeah. if you topped it, um, I don't think it ever unless I'm remembering it wrong now. I don't think it ever really captured anyone's imagination. Barred the bar the connections of those that were kind of in the mix. For in it. fact, it was counterproductive. But I, there was one year where I think uh, Martin Pipe was going to run a horse three times on consecutive <laughs> days to get the points, and it's only because he'd won it by the time. Uh, the third day came around that he didn't have to run the horse. So it, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, that was that must have been well whenever Pipe retired. That had big welfare concerns because they were just running everything he had, whether or not they had a chance or anything, just for yeah. just for prize money. It was really. I kind of think at the lower level, something like that does work because I often see it like on the all weather tracks in a sense, you know, uh, people trying to win, you know, most winning all weather horse over the winter for on the all weather championship scene. And some people, you know, at that lower level, you get there's a prize money part at the end of it and people want to focus in on it and try win a bit more cash. I think at the lower levels, something like that can work. But at the top level, ultimately, like you, if you can't incentivize people through money and all those people are so rich it doesn't matter to them generally at the top level this is a sweeping statement but you know what i mean you're not going to incentivize them to run their horse through offering them a check at the end of it and they they put more precedent they they put more weight behind a specific race than a sort of you know champion horse of the year type title so i just don't think you're ever going to change that perception at the moment yeah i I do like the sound of that vanessa you know something like um i don't know like a Team-based competition. No, no, no. Um, no re- re- Regional-based teams. Stop your maybe. racing league. Stop uh, your racing league. I don't know. We got points for for finishing and what positions you finish in. We've lost Tony Carter. The league of racing or something like that. It sounds brilliant. I, lo- I like love the sound of that. Thanks. Tony I just came up with that great idea. It's a good job I had a bucket to the to the right of me. God, yeah, yeah. Go. You lost me. Come on, racing league. We're back again, lads. 
You told uh, Johanna's finished. We're back. Cursory yeah. <laughs> um, um, H says, Happy New Year, Tony. Be interested in the panel thoughts on Envoy and have the others caught up with him uh, so he doesn't look steady anymore? Was his confidence overly knocked? We didn't really talk about him. I thought he was absolutely awful. I mean, it was a crap race. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't he have been beat, anybody at a decent over two miles. I know it was back to um, two mile one, but he looked beat there. And I had a look. He's, that was actually his sixth grade one. I know. Yeah. Amazing. I know. There's a lot of lot of yeah. sort of question marks and lots of people are banding around different theories. Some people are saying that, you know, you look back at his form, he's not as good. We just hyped him up and he's not as good as he actually, as we thought he was. Some people think that he's gone off the ball since whatever. But for me, I think, I don't think we're seeing the real Envoy Allen. I think there's something amiss with him since he had the issues back last spring. I don't think I was really interesting. Barry Garrity once rode him uh, at, when he was still in training at Gordon's, so a good while ago now, and um, he said, you know, he's well, he rarely sat on a horse like that that you get that like absolute like electric reaction to press yeah. and go, and um, you know, never mind what grade he's in, what trip he's in, what the ground is, whatever. I just don't think, for whatever reason, we're see- whether it's mind or health, we're seeing the real Envoy Allen. I hope you're right. I think you should run him yeah. across country to perk him up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, funny, funny enough, <laughs> funny enough, off the top of my head, I'm nearly sure Envoy Allen's mother and grandmother were cross country horses in France. Really? Look, <laughs> it breeds great horses, okay? But in <laughs> fairness, like with, with Envoy Allen, sorry, you, like there's a few yeah. things there, like, you know, there's the injury he had at the back end of last season. There's the trainer switch, um, which might not have been ideal for a horse that isn't maybe 100% straightforward. But don't forget, like at the, at the back end of his time with Gordon, they kind of put a tongue tie on him from, from out of the blue. Like I'd say, yeah. there, there's uh, physically a bit going on with him. And, um, you know, for a horse that, that bolted up in a point to point before he turned four. You know, yeah. who would have thought it'd be a bad idea to give him a full season of bumpers, a full season of novice hurdles, a full season of novice chases. And now we get to open company and he's past his prime. There you go, lads. Yeah. You get with your fucking build. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, we've had a couple of questions in on the low-lying sun. What can we do? Ben says, could the tracks do something about the constant low-lying sun? Steve McGinnis, um, could the problem of fences and hurdles being emitted due to the low sun casting shall be solved by lighting the shaded <laughs> side of the obstacles? <laughs> Uh, we need I Mr. Burns. Him. We need Mr. Burns. Oh, we, we, yeah. we need Block out the sun. sun blocker. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Last look at the sun. Yeah. That, one of the horses that did really take, was it, she wears it well? Is that the one that? Oh, yeah, up? yeah, yeah. It, Poor on there. You can yeah. say, it, it, I think it was the shadow there, for sure. But, yeah, it's, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and he powered the most famous one of all time. Yeah. Well, not oh, everyone stop. agrees on that, but that, that's stop. my theory. And Benny the Joe, they both jumped the shadow. You must have had that accumulator that day, you. Ah, Calvin, Calvin, I was... I was balls deep in the accumulators. <laughs> and I, I'm still counting the cost of it. Um, Liam D says, will Vanessa now concede that she was wrong about Fernie Hollow, the best horse in training? Will you concede it now? On the record, Vanessa, just say I was wrong. Here and uh, now. I Go was on. wrong. I was wrong. There you go, Liam. I mean, he's Hands not up. the best horse in training, but I was wrong about the matchup <laughs> over Christmas, for sure. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Sure. Um, Bradley Limo says, do you think there'll be more English trade winners in the handicaps at this year's festival? Love the podcast. Well, they <laughs> no. will if the English yes, handicap keeps, keeps docking all your, his own horses and, and, yeah. and boosting up the I'm Irish did, I'm dead serious here. This is, act, this is a thing. Like that, the British handicappers, jumps handicappers, yeah. addition out the most generous I'm with you, Kev. of I'm all with you. time. And, you know, the, the, the marks will come out and there'll be nothing apparently amiss with, with the differences between the Irish and the British marks. But you watch, it'll be a different story in those handicaps. He gave Ardhill an extra £10 at Ascot and he still won by that <laughs> after track. <laughs> Ray Brennan says, any of you recommend a good meeting to attend in England outside yes. of the major festivals? Flag. Yeah, go on, Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, Ray, go to Hexham on a quiet jumps day mm-hmm. and just enjoy the atmosphere. If you get good weather, honestly, I know it's, everyone says it's a cliche, but it is stunning up there. You can take your dog, take a picnic. It's so relaxed and it's just a great track. I love it. And then Brilliant. in terms of something else to attend, go pick again weather weather needs to be right but go to Windsor on a Monday night uh, you get to see good flat horses in the summer great atmosphere they do a great show and uh, it's just top class well it's not top class racing but it's a top class Monday night out have you okay, ever so been to Windsor Carmel Vanessa yeah been to Carmel very very good great fun <coughs> I'd love yeah. to go there it's big time yeah. on my bucket Plumpton, Plumpton on a Monday you can get a train straight from uh, London into there that's, that's good 
And you chose that wearing a football shirt on New Year's Eve with a are race. They all sky, are they all sky racing uh, tracks you just named there, Vanessa? No racing. Were, oh, I actually was everyone, that. everyone except everyone except Cartmel. <laughs> and I didn't even mention that. I mentioned that. <laughs> I cut me in two, and I'm Sky Sports racing through and through. Yeah, but you, you, going. you should be watching it on the TV. You shouldn't be going. Well, that's Barry's true. He's on the that's ball true. there. Uh, Damiel says, "Force horses to be raced more. Could Shelton make a requirement of entry that every entrant has run at least three times previously in the season?" Um, they could but like Nicky Henderson would have retired the next day yeah exactly Warren says I know it's I like Willie. Before, Willie again, but the timings <laughs> of the New Year's Day races were bloody ridiculous split screens every time which oh, are, are no uh, good for following a race geez. Tony this is it's, yeah, look, I mean, and that was and that was with the one day that Ireland had their own channel wasn't it on racing TV and they would do it again on New Year's Day they didn't even bother there was no, like he's, he's He's talking about New Year's Day, this Warren fellow. Oh, right, yeah, New Year's ball. Day. Sorry, was, gotcha. Yeah, sorry. Uh, New yeah. Year's Day was was absolutely... They were just they just gave up. They literally oh. just gave up. They were like... And there were only two minutes delays needed to be, but no, they just cracked on regardless. Where were all these times about 108 and 213? Yeah, they were supposed like to change yeah. the Warren, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. All it's done is made me very confused on course, is all yeah. that. It's driving my OCD crazy. Yeah. Um, we're at the hour mark, but we've last five questions and I want to squeeze them in. So Jamie McIntosh says, Is it better to back a horse each way or back two horses in a race? Um, two horses straight away uh, onto at least one loser. But if you had £10 each way on a 20 to one shot and it's placed, you receive 50 back. But you've staked 20. So effectively, it's like backing a six to four. Jamie, you've lost me because it's all prices. But, there. But, yeah, it's, me, it's, 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 20, 20 to one. Basically, basically it's, it's all to do with the reach way terms. I mean, if, if yeah. you know, you can get you can get two or three places above the normal the normal terms now. So, yeah, you've got to take advantage there if that's the case. But it's, yeah, it's, Jamie. it's an individual about the horse. I mean, some horses have a win or, win or bust profile, don't they? So you wouldn't be back at them each yeah. way. Oh, Jamie, just to use my logic, if you're back to six to four a winner at, at, any, at any kind of cash, you just get money yeah. back. If you're back one of Calvin's 40 to one shot and a loser yeah. comes last, yeah. you get nothing back. That's the way I work. <laughs> um, Joe Larkin, Kevin, any update on Gypsy Island? Seems to be asking the question every year, but never much heard. Gypsy Island, any updates? Oh, geez, I don't. I don't. It's after going quiet again. Like, she's clearly not easy. Um, but she's so bloody talented, but um, it seems to have gone quiet again. We saw her finally back um, last May, and I haven't yeah. heard a thing since, to be brutally honest, Joe. Um, so I think she, I, I fear she may be in trouble again, which, which is a real pity because, uh, yeah, okay. she's a real good mare. Yeah, good stuff. TJ says, a lap of Kempton contains nine chase fences and six hurdles. Why are there Ooh. fewer hurdles? This seems a common theme across race courses. I asked the Nanorak this question because I kind of thought, it's kind of an interesting question. And his reply was not unique to Kempton. It's the case on all courses. Champion hurdle has eight flights. Champion chase has 13 fences. It's simply increased difficulty. Hurdles were always seen as a graduation for national hunt horses. Hurdling is like GCSEs and chasing is like A-levels where the examinations are harder and the questions are more frequent. Good answer. Yeah, Wade is an education. Yeah, Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony, guess which Sky Sports Racing Anorak wrote that back to you. <laughs> Lynchy. Come on, the Lynchy. Come on, the Lynchy. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. The final fence says, uh, any information on who Paul Nichols will be sending to Gold Cup? Will he send Frodo on again for a second attempt? Uh, I presume Clown Day's elbow will go. No. 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 I, I had a look at this. I was going to ask it, Paul, but I thought, why, don't, why, why just let the exchange do your work for you? Frodo looks very unlikely to go. The one I thought, we haven't seen him since he got pulled out later on in the Betfair Chase's next destination, and that's second to oh. Galvin in the free world. Oh, six yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't looking at, so I think if he's got one going there, and it will be a 50 to one poke, you'd have thought, uh, next destination, but I haven't heard yeah. anything from him since a, yeah. a late withdrawal. He didn't he didn't eat up before the Betfair Chase. And now, I, I is definitely skipping. Yeah. I, if he goes, if next session it goes to 51, I'll definitely back him each way. Um, performative genetics, last two questions. Um, after five years of first promising to do so, why hasn't sexual time been implemented by the HRI raising, who ultimately is responsible oh. in letting SAS oh, take yeah. their annual fee without honoring the contract to make it happen? Yeah, th this is this is one of the most ongoing head wrecks of all time. So they announced when the, the famous SIS deal for Irish racing that, that that ended up with SIS giving the Irish race, taking the Irish racing from at the races as it was and giving it to racing TV. Part of that deal, SIS trumpeted that they were going to roll out sectional timing on all Irish race courses in, I quote, early 2017. I remember. Uh, it, it, it clearly remember. hasn't happened. They've tried, they've made some attempts at trials along the way. 
And I'm told from a well-placed source that they've basically thrown their hands up in the air and said, we can't do it, not going to work. Yeah. Um, and HRI are, have seemingly accepted this, despite it being a, you know, seemingly a breach of contract. That, but, that uh, deal was in association with the BHA integrity team, wasn't it? Obviously, uh, five I'm years. Yeah, I'm telling you okay. what. But the, the, the real frustrating thing about this, and I, I've wrote about this a number of times in recent years, and Mark Boylan as well has been very good on it in the Racing Post the last few years. Um, and in response to something I wrote about it, the, the TPD guys, Total Performance Data, have gone on the public record as saying that if HRI rang us up today and said, can you please get sectional timing up and running they and do racing for us there, they'd have it done, I quote, within days. Oh within my God. days. Oh my and, God. And the thing is, like people people characterize sectional timing as something that only, you know, Simon Rollins, Kevin Blake and five other lads have any interest in. But like these days, like there's actually a huge amount of money changing hands for this data. Like right now, it's already happening in the UK. Like this is a lucrative income stream if you can just get it up and running and like talk about backing the wrong horse on a number of different fronts like that. That deal and the way it's panned it's out for, has just been so damaging for Irish racing. It's yeah, utterly okay. depressing. A perhaps few years have it left to go, lads. But we'll see perhaps all these people after. making money privately don't want this to happen. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, there, you well, go. there you go. As it goes, the, the new deal for, to, for the broadcasting of the, the Irish racing and negotiations are ongoing right now, incidentally. So if you have any thoughts on who would be an appropriate <laughs> part there going forward, <laughs> uh, now it might be a good time to speak up. I'm, I'm laughing because I can see Vanessa put her hands together in a praying motion. So yeah, look. Yeah, I, likewise. If, we, yeah. if we get the Irish rights back, I am moving yeah. to Ireland. That's hey, it. Listen. Finally, yeah. Vanessa, you and I can hook up for once in a while. Okay, well, that would be a reason not to move to Ireland. <laughs> on that bombshell, on that bombshell, we leave it, ladies and gents. Trevor Fuller's question, I think we just dealt with that, Kevin, about the points races and stuff, but um, I think, you know, it's not going to happen. But thank you for everyone who sent in the questions as well. We do appreciate them as well. Happy New Year as well to all our listeners and to the guys. My thanks to Tony, to Vanessa, to Kevin. Racing only better back on Friday. We're looking ahead to the Tollwoods weekend. Have a super week. <laughs>